I just want you today to ask God to really, really speak to you. And not only to speak to you, to give you the grace that you need to be a doer of the word. Because the Bible says it's not just the hearer, but the doer of the word that is blessed. So Father, this morning as we come before you, Lord, we ask that our eyes be open, that our ears be open, and that our hearts be receptive to what you are about to speak to us. You said out of the heart flows all the issues of life. You said as a man thinketh, so is he. Father, help us in these areas. Help us to move beyond the gate of salvation. Help us to contend for superior mindsets, O God, to fulfill all the things you have for us. Father, today, this morning, I ask that you hide me behind the cross, God. Let every word that proceeds from this place, let every word that comes out of my mouth be exactly what you would say to your people. To you be the praise. To you be the glory. And the people of God said, Amen Amen and Amen and Amen. Stand up, let's do our confession before we go into the Word. We do this every Sunday, just to remind ourselves. Isaiah 50 verse 4. Teresa, please put it up for us. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as he learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Sharon, is so good to have you. may be seated. Sharon, it's so good to have you. Thank you for coming to visit today. Thank you. Thank you. So in the last three weeks, we've been talking about soul prosperity. Soul prosperity. Because the Bible says in 3 John verse 2, it says, Above all, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And I told you all that the soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. But that the mind is the king, is the leader of the soul. And I made you through scriptures to understand that God says, if your soul is prospering, every other thing in your Christian work will prosper. Your finances will prosper. Your health will prosper. Your family will prosper. Everything will prosper if your soul prospers. Now, also realize that in the Bible, when the Bible talks about the heart, when you read the scripture and it says the heart, like it says, out of the heart of man flows the issues of life, it's not talking of your physical heart. It's also talking of your soul, your mind. So always have that in mind. And I told you and I, from the scriptures that we saw an example where the children, they were not even children of God, they were trying to build in Babel, they were trying to build a tower. And they said in their mind, they just said it in their mind and they imagined it. 
They said, we are going to build a tower that will go high up to the heavens. They just said it. And God came down to inspect the, the, the tower they had built, the Bible said. There was no single brick laid yet. But in the mind of God, because they imagined it, it was already built. And in that scripture it says, nothing will be withheld from him what he has imagined in his heart to do. So it is so crucial, the kind of things you think of, how your mindset is, how you see and perceive things. Now, for all of us here, including me, there are things that influence the way we think. Our culture influences the way we think. Our background or our past experiences affect the way we think, the way we see things. Our friends, the people we, we, we work with, our company, the company we keep, the circle of friends we have, they also influence the way you think. So it's very imperative to know that once you get saved, your spirit man is saved. Your spirit man reconnected to God. That is not the problem. After you get saved, to move past that gate of salvation, what you must do is begin to contend and fight to erase the thought patterns, to erase the way you see things, to erase the way you do things because of what you think. You begin to erase them like the Bible says in Romans 12 too. It says, be not conformed. So the ways of the world, it says, renew your mind. Because it's only a renewed mind that can experience the perfect will, the acceptable will of God. And so if you are a believer who is still thinking the way you used to think, just like that scripture says in, in 3 John, if your soul doesn't prosper, your health won't prosper. Your finances won't prosper. Your family won't prosper. That's the scripture. There has been a lot of emphasis placed on, which is good, we place a lot of emphasis on the spiritual side of things. A lot of emphasis. And there are Christians here sitting before me this morning that can pray. You know the scriptures, if I start to quote it, you know where it is and you can finish it with me. But there are some things, you, the way you see things, the way you think, that is holding you back. And then year in and year out, year in and year out, you get frustrated because nothing is changing. However, God is telling you, He cannot work with you because your mind has not been transformed. So it is up to us, you and me, we all sitting down here, we have a past. There's no one who doesn't have a past. We are all in the present now. And we all have a future. When God speaks to you, God never speaks to your past. God never speaks to your past. When he went to Gideon, Gideon was hiding. And he says, oh Gideon, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, me? The man shaking in the boots, hiding? God doesn't see you as you see yourself. 
God sees what you're going to be in the future. Remember when he made and created you? He called you, he said, I called you and I ordained you. And when he ordained you, he spoke things into your life. Jesus found what was spoken about him. When he opened the Bible, he opened it to Isaiah and said, this is what was written about me. John the Baptist found what was spoken about him. He found himself in the pages of scripture. He says, I am the one, I am the forerunner, I am the voice crying in the wilderness. Have you found yourself in the scriptures? I have found myself in the scripture. I'm Deborah. I have the grace of Deborah. I knew that. I knew that long ago. And I was very intentional to be, to be a mother, to have the heart of a mother, and to love people unconditionally. People leave this church, I text them, I call to check on them, because I know it is never about just the act fellowship. When God revealed to me that I have the grace and the spirit of Deborah, I have been very, very, very intentional. And that was one of the reasons after my husband passed, and God said, the, the mantle is on the ground for two days. I was like, I am a woman. He said, oh, tell me, I didn't know that before. <laughs> I just kept giving excuses, and he told me, he said, remember what I told you. Remember the grace. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm telling you this to tell you that you have a place in scripture. Find yourself, your purpose in scripture. What God has said about you. You may not be there, but you better start walking towards it. And I'm going to tell you some of the things God has spoken over us when God ordains you some of the things I'll use like like bird, like an eagle. I'm also going to use a lion. So you can see the way God sees us. We're talking about the victorious mindset. A mindset that always is positive, no matter what is going on. A mindset that says, this is what God says I am. This is what God says I will become. I don't care if I was molested as, as a child. I don't care if my father told me I wasn't good enough. I don't care if my mother was a prostitute and I had to raise my younger ones. This is what God says. I am now in a new kingdom. I now have the DNA of God inside of me. I was so precious in his sight. He used Jesus as the currency to buy me. And so I must fulfill my purpose. I must become all that God has made me to be. It's a decision every one of us has to make. Every one of us has to make. Who is an overcomer? First John chapter 4 verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you, you carry something in you. There's something in you no matter how you view yourself. 
There is a seed in you. There's someone in you. Jesus now lives in you. You now carry God in you. Revelations 21 verse 7, it says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. So you see why it's important that we overcome? You see why it's important that we have that mindset that nothing will hold us back? Because Jesus says in Revelation, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. And overcomer is one who prevails. Is one who gains control, mastery over a problem or difficulty. It is one who is victorious over difficult and different circumstances that come their way. An overcomer doesn't mean you don't have problems. Being an overcomer doesn't mean life will not happen to you. Life happens to everybody. The Bible says the days of a man are very few but full of trouble. How do you navigate the territory though? When you say you are a believer, you have Christ in you, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are supposed to affect your world, how do you navigate the troubles that come your way? How do you navigate the death of a spouse? How do you navigate the fact that you have no finances? How do you navigate the fact that you may have a child who who is disabled? How do you navigate the fact that you are in a difficult marriage? How do you navigate the fact that you were molested as a child? How do you navigate all of that? Is it possible? It is. Only if you change your mind. I am yet to see anybody in the the Bible that God used that did not have a past. You want us to start, to, uh, if I start talking about them today, we won't finish. Every one of significance that we read about today that walked into the victory God had for them, despite what was going on, pushed through and became the future God spoke to them. We read about Joseph today, I want to be Joseph. We read about David today, I want to be David. We read about Deborah today, I want to be Deborah. We read about Esther, I want to be Esther. You are seeing the finished product. Go back to what they had to do to become what they are. So, problems are not meant to destroy you. As much as it looks like it is. As much as that time you just want to... Not only grab the enemy, you also want to just say, God, just beat me up and let's, let's fight. When you just don't know what else to do, you feel helpless, you feel hopeless, there's nothing you can do physically. But you see, that's where God needs you to be. Broken. Broken to the point that you cannot even do nothing on your own. Then God says, yes, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. That is the reason God allows these things to happen to us. He created you and he called you by your name. And he spoke into you, spoke life into you, spoke a destiny into you. Before you were even created, before you were born. 
And anything that happens to you as a child of God, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. When you go to the restaurant, you order your food. You know what you want and you order what you want. The Bible says your steps in your life. It's like somebody, God has ordered it. It's like he ordered french fries because he knew french fries. If, that's, if that means anything in your pro, in, in your. Pro. He ordered the french fries because he knew that's just the right thing for Gladys. He ordered hamburger because he knows that's just the right thing for Angela. He ordered it. And so when the problem comes here, and you are saying, God, this is, not, this is not what I see. He's telling you, keep going. I ordered it. That step right there, I ordered it. But it's not meant to crush you. It's not meant to destroy you. It's supposed to take you from there to there to there to there to there. The enemy will come and whisper, does God love you? If God loves you, why would he let this happen to you? Look at Mr. A, look at Mr. B. And you say you're a Christian. And you say you've been serving him. If you understand the plans God has for you, you will scale that mountain. Because the thing with God though, God comes to inspect us. Every year, I may say, because I saw a scripture that told them, I was like, oh my God. God expects fruit from you. He went to the vineyard. Again, I'm not following my notes, so just bear with me if I kind of go back and forth. He went to the man who was keeping the vineyard, he said, I have come every year, three years now, to look for fruit. He says, I didn't find fruit. And he told the vineyard dresser, I says, cut this tree down because it's not bearing fruit. Every year God comes to find fruit. God comes to find whether you have grown or whether you are the same, or whether you have regressed. And it's our mindset. The mindset we have is what we determine either of those three stages. Whether you are in the same place, nothing is happening. Whether you've gone forward with your faith, or whether you've actually gone back. But know that God is inspecting. God is inspecting to see what is going on. Now, the overcomer mindset is a way of just thinking. I want to make this so easy because we are all working on it so that we can, when things come into our mind, we are quick to switch in our mind to become what God wants. A mindset, an overcomer mindset is just one who chooses to see the way God sees. If you read the scripture and you see a promise, it says you are strong. When you are weak, the Bible says you say you are strong. 
It's just as simple as that. An overcomer mindset is this mind that agrees with what God says. If you're not doing well in school, if you're not doing well in your business, you say, the Bible says everything I lay my hands to will prosper. So even if you're not doing well, because God has said everything you lay your hands to will prosper, despite, yeah, you're still here, but let your mind see you prospering and speak that because your, your mind will take you there first before your body will follow. That's why God, I told you last, last week or two weeks ago, that's why God said, told Abraham, look up and see. What you can see is what you can have. If you don't see it in your mind, you can't have it. If you've not experienced it, that's why the imagination is so good. God gave us an imagination to see ourselves where our body cannot go right now. But you can imagine it, you can see yourself, and as you do that, you begin to do things that automatically begin to move you towards where your mind has already resided. You will get there. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. If you believe the right things, good things will follow you. If you believe you are a failure, the signs of failure will follow you. The signs will follow whatever you believe. There's no, there's no two or three about it. That's just how it is in life. This is so crucial that we Christians understand this because the world seems to have grasped this better than we. We are so, which is good. I'm not taking away from the spiritual aspect because praying, reading the word, speaking in tongues and doing all the good works, all of that is, is all, it should all be together. It should be an alignment of your soul, of, or rather your spirit, your soul, and your body. Everything should be lined up in a line. Your soul cannot be way out there. You're fasting 40 days. You're praying every day. But you, cannot, you don't even believe what you're praying for. Your mind cannot even get to the things you're asking God for. That's what I'm talking about. That we have to start aligning our soul, man, our mind, our thinking, our mindset to be the way God wants it to be. Proverbs 4.18 in the New Living Translation. It says, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. What is it telling us here? It's telling you as a Christian, you have a glory and you have a light that may not be shining as bright today. It might just be like 4 a.m. in the morning when it's still kind of dark. But 6 o'clock is a little bit brighter. 8 o'clock is much brighter. Noon the heat is on. It's telling you, as a believer, your light is supposed to go brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. What you were last year shouldn't be the same way you are now. What you are now, please don't be the same way next year. That's what the Bible says here. 
Let today be viewed as a stepping stone. God never, God never comes where you are and abuse you, put you down, talk nasty to you there. That's not God. God always comes to you where you are and says, yes, I know you're here, but that's not where I want you to be. And he never leaves you there. Do you know what leaves us there? The enemy still wants you to know or think. It's all deception. When Christ went in the grave and went to hell, the Bible says he disarmed the enemy. You know how you disarm somebody? You take the gun from them or you take the bullets out of the gun. Not only did he do all of that, he just put Satan and he made a public spectacle of him. Made sure all the demons that fell with him saw this is really who he is. He has no power. No bullets in his gun. Even if you see him holding that gun, there is no bullet in it. But if he can make you believe there's a bullet in it, he got you. He got you. So we need to realize that we have all the power. Jesus said, I give you the keys of heaven and earth. I give you the keys. We have the keys. Anything we want to open, find the key for it. If it's prosperity, find the key for it. Open it. If it's to defeat depression, find the key. And you'll find principles in the Bible for everything in this world. Every single thing. There is a scripture for it. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, let us, us, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Like I said before, we all come with a baggage. Mike Morris sent me a, a, a video clip yesterday of a sister, Sister Vicky, who is a widow too, like me, preaching. And she's, this, it was so funny because I don't know how he knew I was preparing this message and he sent me that clip. And she did such an awesome job talking about the baggage and the luggage that Christians will carry with us even when we're in a safe place, even when we're in the house of God and we're in a safe place, we just can't let go of, those, of that bag and the baggages we're carrying. And so you have this heavy bag on you, let's praise the Lord, you cannot because something is weighing you down. Let's do this, you, you try, but you just keep logging it, you just keep everywhere you go. And the Bible is telling us here, we need to lay Aside, Who needs to lay it aside? God is not going to do it. We need to do it. It says you lay aside every weight. What are some of the weight and the baggages we carry along with us? That our minds just will not let go of. Sorrow. Mistakes we've made. Hardships. Misery. Pain. Hurts, failures, troubles, wounds, regrets, failed marriages, failed relationships. We all have these things in our lives. 
No one comes into Christianity without a past. What you do with your past is what matters. And I'm challenging you today, whatever it is, lay it aside. Put it down so that you can run faster. So it can be easier for you to do what God has called you to do. Revelation 5.10 says, God has appointed, he has made us kings and priests to our God. And we are supposed to reign on this earth. We are supposed to reign on this earth. Our lives should be better than our neighbor's life. We shouldn't be as depressed, as anxious, as fearful, just like they that don't know the Lord. That's the thing you see, you know, sometimes, I'm, it's not like I, I'm not better, we, we're all in this. You see some Christians are so fearful, and you're like, where is God in this equation? They speak just as hopeless as the other person who doesn't know the Lord. You are in the office break room and everybody is talking. You can't tell who the Christian is. You can't tell. Everybody can put something about God on Facebook, but in the circle of friends, in your job, they can't tell because the, the language is exactly the same. God says no. We have to be different. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt gives flavor. Salt prevents decay. That's why everywhere we go, we should be adding value. We should be value-added mentality. Anywhere I go, in my job, in my family, in, in whatever I do, I'm going there to be salt. I'm going there to make sure there's no decay. So if anybody is speaking any decaying words, I'll let them know I am salt. I am the light of the world. The Bible says the light set on a hill cannot be hidden. You cannot be a light and be hidden. If we turn out this place today, it's all darkness. Just a, just a phone and put on the light on that phone, we can see each other here. So if you go into a place and they are talking rubbish, foul things, you are a Christian, your life should dispel all of that. You, should be, you shouldn't be adding to the darkness. That is where we need to really, all of us, because God, you have to really be daft not to know that God is doing something these times. We all can feel it. Every one of us can feel that God is doing something new in this season. The way things are happening, we know this is not ordinary. We all can feel it. Please be awake enough to be part of what God is doing. Ask God, God, whatever you are doing, I may not know it. Please make sure I want to be a part of it. And find yourself plugged into somewhere serving God. Not yourself, what I want, my family, my bank account, my, me, mine. No, it's much more than that. Find a place to be serving God these days. I'm telling you, something is going on. You just have to be sleeping not to realize it. Find your place in it and stay faithful doing it. Not do it one day and the next day we can't find you. God has appointed us 
From that Revelation 5, it says he has made us, he has appointed us. What has he appointed us as? I have 15 minutes, I will be finished. First thing, he has appointed us as a lion. When Michelle was preaching on Wednesday, she called me and said, you know, I, I was away for my personal retreat, and I called them, I said, I just, God spoke to me that you, the, the pastors and the leaders should go around the property and pray. I wasn't able to be here, I was out of town, but I felt really it was urgent. Go around the property and pray. So I called Pastor Mike, and he was able to get, you know, uh, people here, and they went ahead, walked the property, and they prayed. And... Uh, Michelle Wyatt called me and said as she was praying, she just saw a lion, like, just all over the place, just moving fast from the beginning of the property to the end of the property, come down, like, just like that. And God was saying, I'm protecting my property and my territory. And that very day she called me, I was put, putting the finishing touches, touches to this message. I didn't tell her a word of that. We are appointed as a lion. Proverbs 28 verse 1. He says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. The victorious mindset, to have that, you have to be bold. Boldness is a requirement. It takes boldness and courage to do something you're so afraid of doing. It takes boldness and courage to step out into unknown territory. It takes boldness and courage to do what you've never done before. When David went to give bread and make some sandwiches for his brothers who were in the battlefield, and for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath comes out and says, who can come out here and fight with me? And all of them just retreat and go hide, including his brothers, including the king. And a teenage boy comes to give his brothers sandwiches. And he sees this Goliath come out and says, if you say you are your, your God, you come out and fight me. We read about how he, he took the sling and he, he did that and Goliath fell. Do you think it didn't take courage and boldness for David? To say what he said, you come with me with spear and, and sword, I come in the name of Jesus, or uh, the name of the Lord. For a teenager, 16, 17 years old, to do what he did, do you think that was not courage? So when God tells you, maybe you wanted to go back to school, you want to go back and do something, it's not always standing behind here at ministry. Maybe God wants you to start a business. Or maybe God, God wants you to go back to school. Or maybe God wants you to do something in the church. Or God wants you to start tithing. Okay, let's talk about where it hurts. God says, okay, from now on, every dollar you have, 10 cents. Every 10 dollars you have, one dollar. Every 100 dollars you have, 10 dollars. 10 10% of everything you make belongs to me. It's mine. And you say, okay, I'm going to start doing it. Do you know it takes courage? It takes a lot of courage. The lion is not the biggest animal in the forest. But does the animal think it can take down the elephant? 
Have you all watched National Geographic? And see how that, that thing will climb on top of the, the hind of the, behind of the, of the elephant. And that elephant is shaking, but that thing is on there. And it walks its way, walks its way to the neck and grabs hold of that artery. And that big animal, that big lion, with this little uh, big elephant, with that lion hanging on, eventually falls down. And the Bible says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So what is the challenge? What is the challenge in front of you? God says you are as bold. He has appointed you as a lion. You can take it on. It might not just be at once, but start from where you can. Get a handle of it. And gradually walk your way through it until that thing falls down. Don't just give up and say, oh, it's too big. Oh, it's too big. I can't. No, 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 no. No, the lion doesn't do that when he sees the elephant. That's food. To get the lion's share, you must have a lion's heart. You can't just want to have everything. That's what we do. We wish and, we wish and wish and wish and hope and wish. But we don't want to do the step. Do what is necessary to get the lion's share. For you to get the lion's share, you have to have the heart of a lion. Nothing in the scriptures, not you, we have, God has it in promises, you will have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody has to work it out. Work it out. You also appointed as an eagle. Isaiah 40, 31. He says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Appointed as an eagle. The eagle and the vulture look very, very similar. But the vulture feeds on dead carcasses. The eagle soars. The eagle will see a storm. We actually head into the storm. They don't run from storms. He sees the storm and he heads for the storm. And you know what he does? When he gets into the storm, he lets go. He doesn't fight. He lets go. And the storm, the wind of the storm lifts him up and takes him above the, so the storm. And he begins to glide. And he begins to fly. And he's not a place much higher than he could have ever been. God says you are like that eagle. If a situation comes in your life, if there's a storm in your life, don't run from it. Don't pretend it's not there. Go to that storm. Go into the eye of the storm. Trust in God. Because if he leads you to it, he will help you get through it. And as you are there with him, he will never leave you alone. He says, I will be with you in the fire. I will be with you in the storm. 
He didn't say the storm would go away. He says, I would be with you in it. He didn't say there would be no fire. He says, I will be with you in the fire. And we've seen him, do, he did that with uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He didn't take the fire away. When they were making the fire hotter, he didn't say, no, 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 no. This is my kids, they have trusted me. See how they boasted about me? He didn't stop it. When they tied them up, God didn't stop it. You think he couldn't have blown a breath and make that fire freeze up? No. He watched as they took those people and threw them in. He was watching. But guess who was there with them in the fire? The fourth man, Jesus was there. So what fire are you going through today? God is there with you. What storm? God is there with you. Go through it. Cry, but go through it. See what it says here? It says, they will fly, they will run, they will walk. You might not start flying right away, but can you at least walk? And then after you walk, maybe you can run a little bit. And then you run a little bit more. And then the velocity keeps moving, 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 moving. Before you know it, you are up in the sky, flying. I didn't see anywhere where it says here you shall sit like an eagle. Did you see that? <laughs> Maybe I'm not reading it. It says run. It says walk, run, then you fly. I didn't see and sit down and do nothing. And that's what we do. We wish. Oh, I wish. I wish. I wish. Wishing doesn't do it. Start with walk a crawl if you have to. But be moving. Some of us, we've just placed a ceiling. This is how far I can go. Oh, you know, I don't have an education like Pastor Angela. Oh, I don't have money like uh, Pastor Al. Oh, I don't have this like this. Oh, so you've just, with your own mind, your own mindset, you've just put a ceiling. But you've forgotten there are people that didn't even know how Smith Wigglesworth that we read about today. He didn't know how to read and write. He didn't go to school. His wife taught him A, B, C, D. God used that man. We read about him today. If your mind can go there, your body will go. So it's not your education. It's not your background. It's not how much money you make. It's just a decision that God, as I am, you created me the way I am. And I know I'm not a mistake. You called into me. You said, I know the plans I have for you. Good plans to give you an expected end. God, this is who I am. If you can use me, just use me as I am. You dare say that prayer and mean it. I told you when my husband and I came to this country, when I was, would go to class, I would try and answer questions and the, the professor would look at me and like, huh? And I would say it again, huh? And I would say, he, didn't, he couldn't hear what I was saying. And then he would ask somebody next to me, what, what did she say? I knew, where, I knew where I was going. I knew why, why, where I was going. When Good Luck said, oh, 
I, he had a dream and we were supposed to start ministry. I was like, huh? In church, when they call you out, when they call prayer partners, they made him a, a board member and a prayer partner. When he would come out, he would stand there. Everybody would have people in front of them to pray. Some would have lines waiting for them. My husband would be here by himself. <laughs> he would just stand there. I would be squirming on my seat. Come back. Everybody would go to all the prayer partners. Nobody would come to him. When service is over and they've dismissed, he would go and sit down. Next Sunday, I would, on our way home, I would say, good luck. You, you, you don't, go back, don't go back out there. <laughs> don't, don't do that again. Why are you embarrassing me? He would just smile at his smile. Next Sunday, prayer partners, guess who is first out there? Before the others get there, he's out there again. The same thing will happen again. Over and over. And I'm like, aren't you embarrassed? It's like, why, why should I be embarrassed? But the time came. When they would call prayer partners, the church would be dismissed. There would still be a line lined up. Enes, remember? Line up, line up, all waiting for good luck to pray for them. They can have other people pray for them, but they'll come back on this line. And I'm like, what does it take for somebody to do that? When he said we were going to God has told him for us to be pastors, I, uh, it was a fight. I'm like, when we speak, people don't understand us. Who, who's, <laughs> are you going to be a pastor? You have to have the heart of a lion. To do anything for God, you have to have the heart of a lion. You really do. And you have to see yourself that no matter the problem, you're going to fly above it. You're going to fly no matter how. No storm will keep you down. No trouble will keep you down. Nothing will destroy you. You will fulfill the destiny that God called you. I hope, I hope you, I'm, I'm encouraging you. My, my thing is to light a fire. Really light a fire because I'm being stretched like I've never been stretched before. I'm being stretched. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is stretching. Sometimes I'm like, God, stop. This plastic is about to snap. And I just know it's because of something. I don't know what it is, but I just know. And I want that same fire. I want to, you know, like the foxes of Samson, you know? There's a scripture that says, you put fire on their tail like the foxes of Samson. I want that for us. I want what I'm feeling. I, I, oh. But we must change levels. Don't be content with staying the same. The scripture I was looking for earlier was Luke 13, verse 6 to 9. You know, just give me 10 more minutes. Jesus also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Why do they come and sit on the chair every Sunday and there's no fruit? 
How many people have they led to the Lord since they've been born again? I have come seeking fruit in their life. But the vineyard dresser answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year also. So God, this year, we're going to do great things for God. Until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, God will not cut us down. We will bear fruit in Jesus' name. We are going to bear fruit in Jesus' name. That last one, I don't even want to read it. When God comes back this, at the end of this year, we said this year, 2022, was a year of renewal. By the end of this year, look at what your life was in 2021 and say, yes, 2022, I have been renewed. I am a different person in this area, in this area, in this area to the glory of God. No man can change levels. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is very crucial that you get this. You cannot change levels on another man's ticket. You have to work it out for your own self. Even if your father was a pastor, even if you're, you're whatever, you can inherit money, you can inherit houses, you can inherit jewelry, you can inherit cars. You cannot inherit a man's worth. You cannot inherit a man's status. I will give you an example. If your father was a professor, or let me say a doctor, had his a doctor, a surgeon, and he dies, he leaves you everything, and he, he, he will not will you his medical degree certificate. You can't take it and say, oh, my father was a, a, a surgeon here. Schedule two people for me. I'm going to do surgery. <laughs> I'm going to do surgery on them today. Can you do that? If your father was a wrestler and he won the heavyweight champion of the world and he passed away, he won't will you that thing. Because you can't take that and go to the ring and say, okay, I want to fight. You can't do that. Every man... In the, you have the reward you are going to get in heaven. Every man has to work for it. You cannot inherit it from anybody. Let that be at the back of your mind. When you are working for the Lord, you are working for your own worth. You are working for your own worth. Your own influence. That is it. At the end of the day, let your mind always think about that. That everything you do is for God. And everything you do is going to be what you are rewarded on when you see him face to face. And if that's always before you, then walk on your mind. That mindset that says low self-esteem. If you're afraid to do it, do it afraid. If you do it, the first few times I preached here, you, you already know, but I was shaking in my boots. I never, never wanted this. But God will become strong in your weakness. When you are broken to the point there's nothing left, that's when God's power begins, begins to show. So it's not, it's not bad to be broken. It's actually a good thing. 
Because that's when God can use you. But don't let your mind tell you it's a bad thing. Have the mindset that whatever I am right now is just, I'm, it's just a, a temporary position. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to imagine myself out of it. I'm going to trust the word of God. When God says this is what it is, my mind will agree with it. And it will take you. Little by little by little. You might start by crawling, but before you know you're walking. Before you know you're running. And before you know you're sailing and, and flying like that ego that you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet with me this morning. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet this morning. I want some music behind me, please. I want to make a call to two groups of people here this morning. All these things we've been talking, the Bible says, renew your mind in Romans 12 too. It says, be not conformed, be not conformed to the world, but renew your mind so you can become that perfect, that acceptable will of God in your life will be made manifest. But it's talking to believers, talking to those who know Jesus. So if you're here, you don't know Jesus, that you've not, you've not started the journey, that the first thing is to bring you into the family. And once we do that, then we can start from there to work on that mindset. So as you close your eyes this morning, just close your eyes with me. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I don't know this Jesus she's talking about. I've never met him. I don't have him in my heart as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, just raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Put it down. But I need to see the hand if you've never let Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So everybody here is saved. Thank you, Jesus. But if you're here today, you say there's just something holding me back. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where the enemy fights you the most. I want you to raise your hand up. Let's pray together this morning. You have an area in your life that your mind has just almost crippled you. You can't think beyond that thing. You can't think beyond that thing. Whether it's something in the flesh, you think you can never overcome it. Whether it's something that has happened in your past that just makes you feel, you know, Low self-esteem, low self-worth. I see several hands going up. Don't be ashamed. These are things that in church, we, this is a hospital. The church is a hospital. Where you come, you might put your hand down. You say, okay, I've seen all the hands. Put your hands down. And I want everybody to raise, just raise their hands to the Lord as we pray this morning. Father God, you see us here before you. Father, you've called each and every one of us. You know us by our names and you've called into our lives purposes, visions to fulfill in our lifetime. Father, I pray, oh God, that every mindset that is not of you, Holy Spirit, we permit you today to go in and begin to wash that mind with the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. We wash every mind here with the blood of Jesus. We wash every thought here with the blood of Jesus. Father, give us the grace to meditate on things that are lovely, things that are good report, things that are virtuous, things that are victorious. Let us think 
on these things. We ask for that grace on every one of us here today. Father, we thank you for this series. Father, even as we finish this series, I pray, oh God, that you begin to remind us when the enemy comes and tells us to think of a certain thing, a way that is not in line with your word. That we will stand up in our spirit, man. And we will say no to the glory of God. That we will begin to think, as your word says, to have the mind of Christ. I decree that we have the mind of Christ. 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 We think like Christ thinks. We speak like Christ speaks. We give you praise. We give you glory. As we leave your presence today, we are not leaving you. You said you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. I thank you that you are with us. Everywhere we go, your favor surrounds us like a shield. As we have favor with you, so we will have favor with everyone we come across this week. Lead us in and lead us out with joy and peace and your favor. Thank you, Lord God. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are going to have the prayer partners come out here. All the prayer partners, if you have any need, you want someone to agree with you, please don't go. Come out here. Let us pray with you. Just come out and agree with someone and we will pray with you. And God bless you. May his face shine upon you and your family. I can't wait to see you all next week. Invite someone to church. Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.